Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to Like, Comment, and Subscribe, the podcast where we have a one-year-old walking around in a fox costume. Um, but welcome back to the podcast. This is episode three, and actually, there's a special guest today, a good friend of mine, Tim, uh, here to kind of come along on this journey. So what's up, Tim? What's up? What's up? It's good to be here. Good to be in the studio. <laughs> uh, Glad my baby could come along. Exactly. Today's studio is brought to you by uh, Tim's in-laws. It is their kitchen. Oh yeah, the acoustics here, not ideal. No. We found that out setting things up. But Tim, since most people don't know who you are, why don't you give us a quick background on who you are? Sure. Oh man. So yeah, I'm a, I'm 26 year old. Grew up in Philly, moved down to, um, to DC, met my wife, decided to settle here. I uh, worked as a teacher for a couple years and uh, actually decided to quit my stable salary paying job uh, to you know pursue my dreams and uh, providing the best service uh, real estate service here in northern virginia very cool i think that's a good segue into what we want to talk about today because the first episode was all about me leaving my you know full time to do youtube and to do content creation and you're someone that also kind of went off the rails and chose to kind of you know pursue a career that could be unstable but is a big dream of yours oh yeah super unstable but yeah the dream of being able to provide for my family uh you know outside of a a fixed income uh where i've got the freedom to uh, work when i want to take off when i want to uh you know my my Mm -hmm. wife decided to go back to work after taking care of our baby for a year and I've got the freedom to, you know, be at home most of the day, uh, making calls, moving things forward. Like I just picked up a listing yesterday with my baby in my arms. Like, <laughs> it's pretty cool. You get to do that. What was the first initial factor that led you to wanting to pursue something like this? Like you said, this is kind of, you had a family very early on, you're only 26, um, got married, have a kid, and leaving, you know, uh, a full-time position with a steady salary and benefits must have been pretty hard, but what led you to actually wanting to to do that? Sure. Well, I guess aside from the, you know, the fried fish from the, the neighbors in the apartment above <laughs> us, uh, you know, home ownership was, was a dream my wife and I had. And, you know, I love teaching, absolutely respect teachers, love the place I came from, uh, but just our, our culture, our society does not value educators uh, in, in terms of financial reward. And, you know, that stinks. But when I looked at it, I was like, I, you know, I can barely pay down my student debt. Uh, there's no way we're going to be able to save for home until I'm, what, like 35. And, you know, just I, I'm a practical guy. I like, I like, um, you know, I like service. I'm, I like to think. I'm, I'm fairly altruistic. But you know, the bottom line came down, you know, I got I to gotta take care of me and my own. And so there's, there's that practical factor. Um, but really, you know, I, I was, uh, it's kind of cool. I was, I've been thinking about real estate for a while. I uh, went to church with my wife to a, a different church, one we don't usually go to. Uh, classic Sunday, donuts afterward. Great. Move over, see this young family, like my young family. They got a kid. I got a kid. I go over and I introduce myself. Uh, next thing I know, he tells me he's a real estate agent. No way. I, w- I was thinking about becoming a real estate agent, you know, and the relationship developed and uh, we decided to get into business together. And so not only did I, <laughs> I cut my salary job, but I actually 
helped him co-found um, a team, which is basically like in starting my own business. I could have gone to a well-established team, been past quality leads, et cetera, uh, but we, I started from square one of square one with this guy, and um, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a rocky road in some ways, but it's also been a huge blessing uh, because our friendship has developed. Uh, we're, we're shooting for the stars, and you know, I've got somebody that uh, shares a lot of core values and virtues. Very cool. But you had said that there's some, some rockiness along the way, and can you talk a little bit more on, on that, like what you've, early on, you know, what were some of the pitfalls that you had jumping into this? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, the, the big thing are the, the voices you hear, you know, your internal voices that are telling you, hey, this isn't a good idea, and then those external voices that are basically pressuring you, I, I mean, the way I'm, I'm approaching it is, you know, pressuring me to stay mediocre. Um, and, you know, maybe some people have a lot of external voices. I found that most of the voices I end up fighting are internal, if that, if that uh, resonates with any of our listeners. But most of them are, are self-doubts that I just daily need to fight, push through. Um, and, you know, it's tough when, when you're in a, a dream like yours where you're starting YouTube. Like, you don't see fruit from that right away. Right. And that, that stinks. That's yeah. hard. Uh, it's yeah, you know, I just think it's very easy to get demotivated. And, you know, there was a point there, three, four, five months in, I'd set a couple appointments uh, for my partner to, to turn into listings. Those all fell through. I'm like, where, you know, like I said, bottom line, I'm like, show me the money, you know. <laughs> um, I don't have a salary. We got to make mo- money here. And, um, you know, it's tough thinking, like, how am I going to provide for my family and my wife's a stay-at-home mom at this point. Mm-hmm. How am I going to provide for my family and um, and allow her to, to be home, raise our child, child, hopefully children down the road? Like, you know, so there, there are some low points. But uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know about our listeners, but for me, it was really important to sure. tap into, you know, to my faith, uh, into my network of friends, good friends like Ryan, who also took the jump. Um yeah, mutual support, kind of accountability, just checking in, being like, hey, you know, you're, you're going after a dream. I know it's hard, but just being able to have those real conversations that we've shared these past couple months, you know, with you, with other friends, those, you know, between the faith, between that, I mean, obviously my wife has been, been a rock for me in, in these uh, tough times, but sure. I mean, look where we are. Like, I, yeah, you know, yesterday I said, uh, I set up a listing with my baby in my arms. So, you know, obviously things can get better, and they will get better. Right. For uh, sure. I think what it comes down to is, you know, it's, it's the, me- the message is out there. Uh, you know, we got to, you got to stay motivated. You got to fail upward. Right. Um, right. But it's super easy to lose sight of that in, in challenges, at least from my experience here. You know, it was easy to lose sight of that. No, I, I think that's something that's, a, that's very relatable, too. I, I, I want to go back for a minute to what you talked about when you first were talking about that, in that a lot of the the issues you were having early on were a lot of self-doubts. And I think mental health is something that's being a lot more talked about now than it ever has been. Do you feel like it, that self-doubt was a more of a, of like a crippling emotion or do you feel like it was a motivate, motivating factor into you to keep pushing forward? No, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that's tough. I think for a time there, it was, it was pretty crippling. Um, but I think what ended up, ended up happening 
was I ended up having to tap into that and use that desperation to just get better. Right. Um, so, you know, I, weird, but I think for me, I actually found that it was both. It, it was both crippling in some sense, sure. um, but it also was kind of the fuel to get me over the hump. Right. Um, right. You know, and after I started tapping into that desperation, uh, started fighting that, so, that self-doubt, um, or here, maybe the way to articulate it is the self-doubt pushed me down to a point of desperation. Okay. So it was crippling. Right. But ultimately, like, I'm glad for it. Yeah. I'm a different man yeah. on the other side of it. Like, yeah. I'm being stretched. Even now, like, stay-at-home dad, full-time real estate professional. Like, I'm being stretched in a million different directions. Yeah. I, I like to think there's growth happening here. Right, so that point of desperation ultimately pushed forward to right. to real growth. I mean, I feel there's a lot of success stories that we hear from from entrepreneurs is that they were kind of in the bottom of the barrel, and they it was in that time that they kind of found whatever it was they were looking for and pushed through through all that. Absolutely. And what I really really enjoy is I was listening to a talk by Gary Vee the other day, and he was saying that if he wasn't married had kids, he would move back into his parents' basements to start his business and to just save the money that he had to keep putting into that. And I feel as though both of us kind of are a testament to that, having to move away from, you know, our, our lives away from our, our parents or from our in-laws and moving back into them to kind of help financially support us for the time being while we get on our feet. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's a little humbling, it could, though it can be very much be something that's very very makes you feel inadequate. Oh, as, absolutely. As, as someone in their mid twenties, years outside of college, either with a degree, maybe, and just you're back at home. Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think has been been pushing you forward the most through these these times? Has it been your family? Has it been the dream of reaching that goal? Has it been coming internally? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I can pin down one factor here. Um, like I say, you know, uh, my faith is super important to me. Uh, everybody's got their own, uh, their own belief system, but I think, I think that's, that's probably at the the foundation of it here for me. I think there's gotta be some sort of uh, underlying belief system that you can tap into, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, God or just, the the human condition the human potential for for greatness that you're tapping into i think there's got to be some sort of underlying belief system that one can tap into Uh, and for me that was that's probably at the core of it you know being able to wake up every day and get on my knees Mm -hmm. and just say you know i know i'm i know i'm blessed i know i've got nothing right now but i'm cashing in the check you know the the monetary check the spiritual check um just not right now, you know, right. so kind of living with that mindset of like, uh, you know, for, for me, Christ already won the war. I, I'm already, I'm already set as far as I'm concerned, you know, I can't, I can't lose. Right. Um, all I can do is try and live yeah. and give like no one else, right. uh, you know, and so right now I don't have that, you know, that financial means to give like no one else, but I'm going to give my work, I'm going to give my family. Uh, you know, I'm going to give my friends yeah. my time, my attention, right. right? So that's that's the big thing, being able to say, like, 
yeah, I'm pursuing my dream, but it's not going to consume me. I'm still right. going to thrive. You know, I think it comes down to thriving or surviving. Basically, you know, one point, desperation. I just realized I was surviving. Sure. Forget that. Let's live. So, you know, I, Ryan's heard me say a couple times, like, I, I started changing my, my hello. People ask how I'm doing. Uh, and instead of saying I'm good, I just started saying, you know what? I'm living the dream. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Why not live the dream now? Yeah. Living the dream. Telling right. the story. Um, you know, because what the dream is always, you know, sunshine and happiness. Mm -hmm. No, the dream is being the man that I want to be. Yeah. And so I wake up every day and, you know, I make that dream a reality. Wow. Yeah. Or I try to. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that's really cool that you, that the dream is something that everyone looks at as I want to get to that point, but the dream that. Honestly, as long as that you aren't going to bed hungry, you have a community that loves you and supports you. Oh, wait, did you hear that? That, that, uh, that noise is the sound of our first sponsor today. So we're going to take a quick break while we run that ad. Be right back. <laughs> All right, and we're back. And that's, I promise, that's the only ad that we're going to have. But thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this and the two cents I've gotten so far on these podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor Man. That's literally your two cents I've added in. Anchor Man, great film. Definitely recommend watching it. I don't know if we get any royalties from a plug for, for Will Ferrell, but <laughs> you know, I think worth a shot. It's, I, it's definitely worth a shot. And if Will Ferrell ever hears this and wants to come on, of course, we would love to talk. Done. Yeah. L- easy. Yeah, I, it's I'm, a, I'm good friends with Buddy, actually. Or rather, I know Santa, so you know we could we could make it happen. I mean, either way, it's on my wish list. So maybe just give me a good word for that. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, but wrapping up what we were talking about before, um, about living the dream. What you have is the dream that you're already, you're living. Um, we looked to our, our vision boards as far as, you know, owning a private jet, own, being a CEO of a Fortune 500, having the most subscribers, looking the best, you know, just being the most popular around in, in every aspect of our lives. But again, as long as we kind of are happy in our day-to-day life, then I think that's, that's the dream and everything else that we achieve from that, it just kind of supplements what we already have. Mm. Amen. And at least for me, I've noticed that that kind of comes, that comes down to just doing the very, very small things in the morning. So fortunately for me, my bed is super easy to make because that takes me a total of two seconds to make. Oh, super but jealous. I know, right? When you don't share with anybody, you can just sleep on the top of it. It's, it's, it's glorious. But it's, it's getting up, you know, when the sun hits you and you realize that you could press snooze, but you get up. You have whatever it is, you know, your, your prayer time, your personal reflection, coffee, you know, a morning YouTube video, whatever, that kind of gets you going, that puts you in that mindset that, okay, today is going to be a good day. Fun fact, just learned um, from, my, from my business partner, caffeine actually uh, makes one more receptive to ideas that are coming in into their life. So starting your day off with some caffeine uh, and then that kind of, you know, that prayer, that motivational uh, video or whatever that you're listening to, huge factor in, you know, helping reprogram your mind. All the dopamine that's uh, being released when you have that caffeine. Right. It, you know, any messages that are coming in at the same time, there's that positive connotation with it. Uh, your, your mind's gonna, it's gonna lock it in because of the dopamine, right? So that no chemical, kidding. yeah, pretty crazy. So, you know, we wanna, we wanna aim to actually uh, pro, reprogram our minds in some way with positive messages when we've got caffeine coming in. 
That's crazy. Pretty crazy, yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, Very so the, the caffeine, huge factor. Huh. Sorry for interrupting you. No. Morning, but yeah, the morning routine. The, the morning routine. Clutch. Getting you, getting you started into that. I know that my morning routine has gone through multiple iterations, but for me, I've had it, I've had it pretty much on lockdown in that it, fortunately, I have lights that turn on when the sun comes up. I have music that comes on, so I'm kind of forced to get up. Oh man, that's a good move. It's it's good a good move, and I like it. And then just the no knowing that I get to have some morning coffee and something good to eat is honestly just kind of what gets me out of bed. And then from there, the workday is kind of already getting started. Oh yeah, now it's pretty crazy. Um, you you talk about this morning routine. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. A lot of high powered uh, business executives, you know, they wake up at like. 4, 4.30 in the morning, and they do all of these things. Right. Uh, it's just funny, you know, this system isn't new. It's been around for centuries. This is the, you know, uh, middle school, high school teacher coming out of me. Uh, you know, monks in Europe have been doing this basically since the 400s. They'll oh. wake up at 4, a, 4 or 4.30 a.m. Uh, I don't know if they invented caffeine back then, but, you know, that's beside the point. They'd start their day off with... Uh, with some prayer uh, or that, you know, personal reflection. Right. They'd have some community time, uh, you know, light refreshments, right. breakfast. Sure. Uh, and then they'd, they'd start crushing out their work. You know, so the, the system's not new. We know what we need to do. It's that motivating yourself to get up and do it. Do it. You right. know, the lights, the music, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know what we need to do uh, right. to, to make that dream a reality. Right. Easier said than done. I think that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. I love those little anecdotic facts because it's something that you wouldn't think about, you know. For every day, it's, it's a personal struggle for a lot of these things, getting up in the morning, achieving the dream, all of that. But, you know, relating science to it is kind of a nice thing because we think of these things as new age things like CEOs have to get up at 4 a.m. to do their thing. But here are monks that are literally just focusing pretty much solely on their spirituality and on their personal developments, and they choose to do this. And there's these similarities here. I mean, I think are pretty interesting. Yeah, well, fun fact. I mean, uh, basically our, our history lesson here for the day, um, those monastic communities that were super, you know, we could call it militaristic in, in schedule, or we could call it CEO-ish. Uh, they became the wealthiest uh, landowners in all of Europe, uh, kind of cyclically. They would you know, when they were on point with their schedules, yeah. they became the wealthiest communities. When they slacked on it, you know, they became corrupt. They started using their money for whatever, uh, and then they go broke. Right. Uh, so right. it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how we can look to history and say, like, basically here are the CEOs of the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. or, you know, a, I guess a version of them, right. where they're following this pattern of, of human development and curation. It's just proven to work. It's proven to increase productivity increase happiness, yeah, and just actually end up bettering their communities. It's when we drop off this, we lose sight of those things. We, you know, we start uh, giving into luxuries, et cetera. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start preaching, but it's interesting looking at that cyclical nature, how I can then bring it back to me individually. You know, when I have successes and I start giving into excessive comforts, I sleep in two, three days out of the week. Yeah. It's already hard then yeah. to wake up again. I think that's what I'm trying to get at is when we lose track of that mm-hmm. that um, that pattern, that cycle of, of right. waking up on time, doing right. the run. Ryan was telling me earlier, he's probably not try- just trying not to brag about it. He 
He runs five miles every morning before before he starts pounding the pavement on work. Like, that's awesome. Well, to be that's fair. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> to be fair, my morning run happens around 10 to 11 a.m. So it's not like it's super morning. Hey, whatever. It happens. And, it's part of the routine. Maybe. But I really, really liked the fact that you kind of brought up the fact that um, the whole cycle thing, that one day, two or three days at most, can completely throw you off. It's pretty crazy. And another thing that I love about this whole like, kind of entrepreneurship that we're, we're going through of being your own boss, making your own schedule, is that it doesn't really necessarily matter the time. Like I made the joke that 10 or 11 when I go on a run seems late because most people are, are at their nine to five by then. Mm-hmm. But for me, I can start working at noon and then sure, maybe I'll be working until you know, late in the evening. But to me, that's a better time where I'm more alert. And, and I can choose to work on the weekends too. So if I need a, a mental day, that a lot's happened on a Wednesday. I don't think like I have to grind through five straight days and then force myself to enjoy the weekends. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think what it ties into is this phenomenon of, um, you know, the 40-hour work week. Right. Well, that was invented back in, you know, here's, again, the history teacher's coming out. <laughs> we need, like, a little, like, sound effect every time you say, like, fun fact or something. Fun fact, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll pull that up. If you're hearing the sound effects now, it's because I, I can't control it um, with the microphone in front of me. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, the 40-hour work week, it's a blue-collar thing. I think most Americans know this. You know, this is from kind of industrial era, uh, you know, early 1900s. Um, you know, we basically, we've morphed that into a white-collar situation where it doesn't quite apply. You know, we can get, I mean, there's studies out there, 80% of the work and 20% of yeah. the time. Well, you know, if I'm getting 80% of the work done and 20% of the time, what am I doing at this 40-hour workweek job? I'm part of a couple of group texts. Uh, I'm sure people can resonate with this <laughs> where you're just like, WTF? Wh- how do people find the time to text me all day? Right. You know, like, right. I'm sorry, you know, but like I get texted at crazy times. I'm like, me, I'm getting 100% of the work done mm-hmm. in all of my time. I'm super efficient with it because right. if I don't, my baby's gonna suffer. My wife's gonna suffer when she comes home from work. So my time, I'm on. Right. But you know, I got I got relatives or your friends, whatever, that are at work that they're just on their phone or on social media. Like the yeah. times I see posts sometimes, I'm like, mm-hmm. weren't you supposed to be working? Right. You know, so I think what it comes down to is these nine to fives, I mean, they're fine if you need that stability, like nothing against the nine to five. Uh, but it, it all comes down to, like, what are you doing with your time there? You know, if you're not actually working, right. one, should we be – I mean, it's a hard truth, hard pill to swallow. Should we be paid for that time? And right. Probably not. Right. I think the other question then is, do we even need to be working this amount of time? Like, you know, yeah. should, we, should we be setting different standards for our, you know, for our businesses, for yeah. our employees? Like, volume standards, hit this volume, you know, I mean – that's what, that's what my business partner and I do. We set standards that we know are going to take 40 to 50 hours in the work week. Right. So if you don't hit those standards, yeah. you didn't work 40 to 50 hours. I, I, that's so great to think about because in my experience, and I really can only speak for mine, that when I, was have, when I had my job, it wasn't necessarily a get this much done kind of mentality. It wasn't, hey, you have 40 hours, 50 hours to get 
X, Y, and Z done. It was, hey, you need to work 40 or 50 hours to get your paycheck. Yeah. And it really didn't much matter what I was doing as long as I looked like I had enough stuff that was getting done. Mm-hmm. But I think by, by setting your own goals, it's like you say, you're, when you're working, you're on. You, know, you, you get that, that 80% done in that 20% amount of time because you know that this is how long this task will take me mm-hmm. and I can then budget my time to add in more tasks after that and fill in that 40 hours with actual work. Bingo. Very cool. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's an important phenomenon to, to keep in mind. Um, yeah, I'm sure my, my tangents here pulled us away from our original, original thought, but I think this is a great conversation no, because I, what, you know, what I'm, I'm sorry. No, yeah, what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing us kind of uncover here is uh, the importance for, of, the importance of schedule, structure, yeah. um, defined standards for oneself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously in our in our industries, we need to have flexibility. Right. Like, you know, sometimes I'm going to set standards or goals for myself, and I'm just not going to be able to reach them, but that's because probably another good opportunity came up. Yeah, That's exactly. the situation I, I usually end up finding myself in is I have to choose to stop working because there's more good things than there's time to do them. True. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. And I like the fact that the scheduling part, it doesn't have to be nine to five or whatever. I mean, come on, does anyone actually work nine to five? I feel as though it's like nine to six, you know, eight to five, like there's, it's always going to be a little bit more, but I think everyone's schedule is kind of on their own time and that can, you can find productivity more in the times that you know you're more alert. Bingo. Yeah. Um, I I think it's, yeah, I I just think it's fascinating. Also, I'm going to drop a a little fact on you too, kind of tangential, but nice. um, if you just by working 10% more than what's required of you, you're more likely to have upwards of a 50% chance of succeeding more in your job. So it's, it's a nonlinear thing. It's not like because you put in the extra one hour, you're only going to get extra one hour of pay. You're more likely to get, see something that's much more exponential from that. Perhaps it's more, you're more likely to be promoted or to go on awesome. a company trip. So just a little bit more work than what everyone else is doing makes you stand out. Like, it sounds obvious when you think about it, sure, but, but you don't really necessarily think about what's the reward for me putting in more time. Mm-hmm. And it matter, it's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. No, I think, that, I think that's important. Um, you know, I, don't know, I don't know quite how this will relate to um, you know, having your own podcast, your own, your own YouTube channel. But right. one of the things that we try and say on our team is, uh, you know, nobody's going to out hustle us. Um, you know, maybe we'll have those people that are like, we outthink our competition. Yeah. That's fine. Right. But I think there's, there's something to be said for hard work and just grinding. And that's probably, um, I'm not super a fan of, of the term. It makes it sound like it's, it's toil because I love what I do. Yeah. You know, like it's not, it's not a grind uh, in in some ways, but yeah, you know, to just grind it out harder than everybody else. Yeah. You know, you can outthink me. Sure, I'm sure you'll exactly, pick up some clients right? that way. Um, but nobody's going to out-hustle me. Outwork you, yeah. I mean, forget it's it. huge. I think, I think there's this new kind of like, oh, we outthink our competition. And that compensates for mediocre effort. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think that's the case. I think, right. 
I think hard work speaks for itself. And, you know, yeah. obviously I plan to pair it with uh, outthinking yeah. my competition. So, exactly. I mean, it brings back in my mind thinking of the blue class, blue collar worker back, you know, maybe like in the 50s or 60s after the war, like coal miners would work their butts off. And sure, they didn't necessarily see the the benefit that a CEO would. But I think the the value of a hard day work back then was mat- mattered so much more than nowadays. Now we kind of, um, it's a generalization that we kind of fluff our days with just stuff mm. to fill it in. And we're going back to realizing that hard work, actually, it will pay off. Yeah, yeah. What are kids on nowadays? Facebook or MySpace or whatever it is? <laughs> whatever you know, it is, right? 26 is too old. The enough. social medias <laughs> thing that, that you do during the, you know, I think, yeah, we fill it with fluff. Um, and I mean, I speak from past experience. Like I exactly. used to fill 100%. my days at, at university with fluff. Like how many hours did I actually spend studying? Right. And probably not as much as I spent on fluff. Right. right. Um, I mean, that goes with, I mean, well, we're way, we're way off now, but like the college experience mm-hmm. of working hard and playing hard, which I think translates to life. But now with the internet being so, so huge, where does that working hard part kind of fit in? It's a lot of playing hard and then focusing a little bit on school. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I think, yeah, I'm in agreement. Like, hmm. Yeah, we start to see things kind of suffer, kind of take a dive. We do. We do. And, I think that, and so I think what we're getting into, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I think, what, I think what I see we're getting into is, you know, distractions. Distractions yeah. that prevent us from hitting our goal. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't mean to make a social commentary of this, but I think it's just, you know, what's our dream? What's yeah. our vision? Um, you know, I think we're kind of just, it seems like we're organically moving towards these things that are now obstacles to our dreams. Right. You know, and it's just distractions, the social media, um, video games. It could be, it could be good things. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, yeah. It could be, it could be things that are good for the soul, uh, you know, hiking. Yeah. You, too many vacations. Mm-hmm. These are things that, that, in some sense, could sabotage success. You right. hit a point, a, a level of success. Uh, maybe he's going back to that cycles of monastic life. You know, you hit certain levels of success, you get complacent with it. You start going on nice vacations. Yeah. You're eating, eating steak, and instead of reaching that next level, you're just content to stay there. Right. I mean, exactly. I think that's a reality that can happen to people. I think it happens a lot. You know, when we think about it, because we again talking about the whole dream aspect, like that. You know, life of wealth and popularity is my dream but we once we kind of get in a place that's good enough good can become a bad thing because we just get stuck where where we are we think where this is all that we we really want when we've kind of lost i wonder if it's that lack of desperation that we were talking about earlier right Right. personally like that's what i had to dig into right right we're not desperate yeah can, can that be sabotaging our success? I think so. And it doesn't necessarily have to necessarily, I think in the beginning, your desperation can come from being poor, being alone, like things that are very self, you know, harmful in the way, but that self deprivation can kind of just come from being happy where you are, being more or less complacent, I suppose. And you've lost that, that drive because you have filled the things that originally you didn't have and you don't want to, you don't necessarily need to take that extra step. The kind of 
go forward. Absolutely agreed. You know, I think I think that's what I don't think I'm I'm able to kind of give an anecdote that'll, you know, no relate to that for personally. Right. I I'm mean not there yet. Well I'm um, working up that. Yeah. But you know, I hope to I hope to hit that obstacle where it's like, okay, now I've got the choice. Do I maintain complacency right. or do I continue shooting for the stars? Right. That's, exactly. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. It is it can be a problem, it can be a challenge, but I, I think it's I think it's a good problem to have, and I think that we fill our lives with problems that we don't um, we don't necessarily have the the power to fix, mm-hmm. and we need to fill our lives more with problems that we actually are good problems and problems that we you know can actually control over. Yeah. But Tim, I think on that we'll kind of end it up. So thank you so much, man, for for coming on. No, absolutely. It was great being here today, or rather, I guess, having you over today. Yeah, exactly. um, Thanks for hosting this. Super stoked to be a part of part of your dream. Yeah. Help make it a reality. For sure. Uh, you know, I know, I know, you know, as long as we continue to get that exposure, um, you know, whatever, whatever facet, we're, we're going to hit it. Just yeah. takes time. For sure. All right. Peace, friends.